Yo, how's it going, everybody? Happy PSVR 2 day. Rest in peace, PlayStation Vita. Gone for not forgotten. And welcome to not forgotten. the Gaming Duel Podcast. Of course, I'm Kelvin, the Kevlar Vest, your host for this week. But I'm joined by a very special co-host this week. Joining me for the first time, one half of the Friday Night Gamecast and host of the limited edition series, Fireside Talks. Let's welcome Nick. Nick, I didn't want to say your last name because I don't want to butcher it. But how do you say your last name? That's okay. So I'm Nick Fakori. That's that's how you say it. It's, it's, okay. Yeah, it looks just like it says. It sounds just like it looks. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect, Kelvin, perfect. Okay. I'm so happy to be here with you, man. man it's it's, it's you, our man. it's our return. We just recorded for the Fireside Talks. We have your yes. your episode is currently live. The Persona Five episode with you and Rob, man. I had a ton of fun, and let me tell you, this was a Herculean effort on my part to go mm. in there and not play the hell out of persona 5 in the middle of all of my other playthroughs right now just because that was such a fun episode with you guys so yeah really happy to connect with you and be on the show today kudos to you i want to give you an applause because i think you're the first person on our show to not be a guest you are a co-host you know so Let's kudos go. to you. Congrats. Round of applause. You know what I mean? Dude, thank you. Thank you. you. Just it's won an honored everybody. space. An honored <laughs> space. I'm happy to be here. Anybody anybody that follows, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm setting the bar right now. So absolutely. We got to do it. Of course, uh, Rob can't be here today. He is having a great time in Puerto Rico. So he'll be back for next week. But in the meantime, we have Nick here. Thank you again for, for coming and joining us here. Um, I do want to say it's going to be a great, a great episode, man. We have a lot to talk about. Um, of course, everyone, if you're new to the show, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We are the podcast that discusses the latest gaming news each and every Wednesday live on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, if you want to support us, you can definitely do so by heading on over to your favorite streaming service. Go to Apple, Spotify, hit that review button. Give us five star rating if you do if you if you do so, you know, if you want to. Obviously, if you don't want to, then that's OK. But if you think that we are cool, definitely do that for us. We really do appreciate it. Um, let's get into some things here, Nick, because I want to, before we get into the topics, right? I, obviously, like I said, you were never here before. You've never been on our show before, right? And I feel like right. that was bound to happen. It just never came to flourishing. And so for those that don't know you, who is Nick? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I am the host of the Friday Night Gamecast. I'm one of the co-hosts. Uh, my other host, Will, he is currently uh, MIA. We can't find him anymore. I'm, I'm assuming that the 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 battle He's that he had Snake, man, yeah, just, yeah, is he just... he you know his his efforts as a veterinarian. This is an ongoing joke between the two of us. He's he's gone and uh, he has to deal with all of that work. He's he's not a vet, y'all. Don't be fooled by me. I'm a terrible liar. But yeah, so we are the Friday Night Gamecast. We're just a couple of guys that get together that like to talk about games. Um, yeah, no, we uh, we definitely try to cover a whole breadth of content related to the video games, whether that's uh, news, industry rumors, uh, we do speculations, we do impressions on new games that come out, and we do full-blown reviews. Some of my favorite episodes have been our, our full-blown reviews. Um, this might come up a little bit later in the show today, but we had an awesome Control episode. We had a, a fantastic Fire Emblem episode with the Switch It Up right. podcast with Colby and Tyler. Um, yes. That is a really good one. Um, so yeah, I, uh, that's the, so we, we cover a full breadth of games. Uh, we're an audio only podcast and we like to just focus on high quality and just really fun industry discussions. And, uh, yeah, so you can find us on all podcasting platforms, all that good stuff, but that's, that's who, that's who we are. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. And now, so talk to us a little bit about Friday night Gamecast. I mean, 
how long have you been doing it and what made you talk a little bit about that and then what made you decide to do um your kind of like your side project that you're doing right now right like what what made you do that what made you decide to do that yeah, so it was something that was planned, right? Uh, but the mm-hmm. but the inspiration to start the Fri- uh, Friday Night Gamecast has been a long thing in the making for me. Okay. Um, I've always been a pretty creative person, and I need creative outlets in my life to try and <laughs> focus on things that aren't aren't real life sometimes. And uh, this podcasting has quickly become you know fit into that role for me. I really enjoy writing, and I like uh, speaking on shows and being able to talk about something that I really love that I'm really passionate about, which is, you know, video games. And so I met Will during the pandemic. And so we're, we're pandemic friends. Yeah. And, uh, and so, but like immediately when we we met, we just clicked and he quickly became my best friend. And like, we were just, we talk, you know, every other day and we're constantly just communicating about whether it's games or stupid stuff that's on Instagram. But, uh, yeah. And so, so we, we met and he had such an incredible breadth of knowledge of games that, you know, was on a very, you know, even footing with mine. I was like, this is, this is something that we should record. These are conversations that we should have behind microphones. And so that's, that's where that all got started. But the, the new project, the fireside talks, that's been something that I have been thinking about for a long time. I love doing exclusive content about games, just directly mm. games. Um, a large part of our show, we we you know dip our hands into multiple fields. We we try a lot, uh, casting a wide net, as I'd like to call it. And um, and so that, yep. and so with the fireside talks, I wanted to focus on two things because we knew that Will was going to have to take some some time off. And I wanted to take that opportunity to really work with as many people in our podcasting network as I possibly could that I can manage, you know, and obviously take care of myself, take care of my, you know, nine to five job. And uh, that's where the Fireside Talks got born. It's the cold winter season. We want to give you that nice, cozy game talk so you can, you know, sit by the the Fireside and listen to us talk about Disco Elysium for three hours with Dave Jackson. So that's that's kind of what to expect. I love it, man. I love the idea. And this is actually why we brought you or I decided to bring you to the show, because, again, like we said before, in the beginning of this episode, you were never a um, a guest on our show. Right. Yeah. That was bound to happen. But it just never happened at the time. <laughs> yeah. And so when we came into your show, we're like, man, like I've listened to you guys plenty of times before. Right. But this Fireside Talks project that they're doing, I thought was amazing. It, it just felt very like comfortable it just felt like the way you kind of handled the progression through like our our conversation and and it just felt natural it just felt smooth it just felt like very like i don't know it just felt cozy like you were saying you know what i mean yeah and so i'm like man this guy has talent this guy has a passion and that we share the same similarities let's get him on like and i thought this was a perfect opportunity because rob's gone and i'm like all right well you know, I need someone to kind of host. I could have done this by myself, but I wanted someone to kind of like share all this, to- like these conversations and kind of like go back and forth. And I think I thought you were the perfect person to do that. You know what I mean? Especially since we were just on your show. I'm like, wow, like I listening to you guys and actually being on your show, is, I felt it felt different. You know what I mean? So, um, again, kudos to what you're doing. It's a, a great kind of side project. I kind of wish you continued doing it. Um, <laughs> hopefully you do. We'll see. But yeah, um, I think it's it's great what you're doing. 
Dude, thank you so much. That means a lot to hear that feedback. Um, it's it's hard when you switch genres or when you switch mm-hmm. your progression because I think with podcasting, the interesting way is that uh, you you build upon what you what your previous work is and audiences. And when you have dramatic shifts like that, you can see changes, um, you know, in in the audience themselves. But at the same time, like there's still that steady progression. I think that I have like that core group of people that really love and listen to us. And man, I I couldn't be more appreciative of that, man. I I'm, I'm so honored to you know, be here and share, you know, share this time with you, man. I cannot wait because I, because I'm a fan. I just want to make that clear. I'm a fan of everything we're about to talk about today. And I cannot wait to get into some of this news. Well, you might have to wait a little bit longer because I do want to start off with what are you playing this week? So this week (laughs) I have been playing Fire Emblem Engage. I am almost done with it. I'm probably going to try and finish it tonight, to be honest with you, because this is just a teaser, but I do have some content coming out in the very near future for that. So we're really looking forward to that. And then I've also been playing the Dead Space remake. uh, Oh, you have? Yes. We talked about that before, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, nice. yeah, and I and I remember Rob talking about uh, playing it too, and I think I saw him uh, maybe on Twitch or something like that, and I saw or yep, saw yep. something on on Twitter as well. Uh, but I'm loving both of those games right now for okay. for their own merits, right? Mm-hmm. Dead Space remake, I'm much much higher on uh, in terms of the games that I've played overall this year for that have okay. released in 2022. I just think that it is the it 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 gives the Resident Evil to remake. Um, impression in terms of the amount of care and time and depth that the developers have put into that game. There's several mm-hmm. parts of the Dead Space remake that I just recently did an original playthrough for the first game that I was really frustrated with because you could see how much that had aged over time. Uh, right. And and then you know as you go forward, I think that they've they've really they've really popped off, and you realize that they're making streamlined sections of this game feel real and feel connected to and faithful to the original property and it's just it's it's scary as hell man it's still it's still so scary i have yet to play it i've seen rob play obviously with his uh his twitch streams and all that stuff but yeah i i didn't want to watch too much because i'm like okay i know in the near future i'm gonna buy this and i want to play it myself i don't want to spoil it for myself even though i've played the original Mm -hmm. and so it's one of those things where i'm just like i'm waiting just to kind of have that moment to myself with that game because I have yeah. a bunch of other games that I want to try out and play right now and I don't want to kind of like push it to the side. You know what I mean? Oh, but yeah. they've done a phenomenal job of just like revigorating that 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 passion for for like horror games and then especially Dead Space being probably one of the top horror games of its time, right? Alongside Resident Evil, it's just nice to see it come back and still come back with like like a bang. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like I can't wait to try it out and, and give it another shot. Um, I interesting you're playing Dead Space. Did you play? I don't know if we talked about this, but did, did you play um, Callisto Protocol? I, I have we not played Callisto. That. Yeah, so it was definitely Will that played it, right? Yeah, he he did play, yeah. it and he has some impressions on some of our our later episodes. I think it might have been either the last or the second to last episode. He talked about what it was like to get hands on with a game, and uh, he's told right. me some 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 private thoughts. He's actually gone in and he's beaten that game just to you know put throw that out there and he had 
a lot of fun with it. So gotcha, that's gotcha. definitely a game that, you know, Glenn Schofield, he, he is a visionary director and Striking Distance Studios is put together with a really good team of folks who I think are going to be continuing talents in the future. They could go really wherever they wanted, but if they wanted, if they're still working with Glenn to that extent, um, I'm willing to give it a shot and just see what they were going for. Uh, but I'm going to be waiting for a sale on that one. I got you. I feel yeah. that. Um, I might be too. I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, yeah. We'll see, depending on where I'm at in, in the gaming space right now, you know. Um, I've been playing Metroid Prime, and I and I talked a little bit about this really? last week. Let's go. Dude, it's so That's good. Awesome. It's so freaking good. I talked a little bit about it last week, but I, I've gotten a little bit more further into the game. And holy shit, dude. Like, it brings back memories, but it also just kind of makes things that much more apparent that, like, this game is it was well ahead of its time. I feel like, you know, like the way the I think the, one of the biggest things that I love about this game is just the, the, the map and, and, and then how like they've been able to, it reminds me in stick with me here. It reminds me of bloodborne or like any of the from software games where it's like, oh, interesting. Their level design is amazing. It's like, it's impeccable. Okay. Yeah. It's so good dude. Like, it's like, okay, well I might not be able to get to this spot right now, but 10, 15, 20, well, we're not, not that long like maybe five hours down down the line okay i know this spot i've been here before oh yeah i see how this connects to where i'm at right now like right things like that like they they really made the level design like top notch mm-hmm. and it, i i didn't remember that back then when i was a kid playing this game right okay. but like seeing yeah. it now especially the knowledge that i've gained from playing games and just like seeing like different types of games and developers and all that stuff i really appreciate the level design in this game out of everything out of like the the graphic the graphic uh fidelity that they've done like just like everything that they've done to really enhance this game i think for me the level design that they've had from the previous game is just top notch so yeah kudos to them i this just gets me more excited to play like metroid 4 you know what i mean <laughs> like metroid yes 4. yeah no i mean i i'm incredibly excited for that and i think that them committing to this big of a project in the Metroid universe shows that they are working on a Metroid Prime yes. 4. And I think that, that that is a really important aspect to keep in mind when you when you think about like the internal studios. I mean, they don't it's, Nintendo doesn't have a good first person shooter. And right. if this is anything to say, this is something that the Nintendo audience has been waiting for for a long time. My question to you though is is how does it play handheld on the Switch? Does it do, I'm sure it looks good, but is it does it perform well? Yes, it performs okay. just like what you would expect. Okay. I haven't tried it docked, so that's one thing I haven't tried yet. Yeah, that was going to be um, a question. Yeah, but it, it works great. I mean, there's no like dips in, in frames, anything like that. It works like a Nintendo game. You know what I mean? That's the best yeah. compliment I can say. Absolutely. Um, I will say playing a little bit more into the game, I, the map is weird. So when you press select or start, you're able to see like view your map the way you control it is weird it's like you're using both sticks to kind of maneuver to like turn right and then to like zoom in and out um it takes a little bit of getting used to but again i'm nitpicking at this point like it's not that big of a deal but that's (laughs) just how how well made this game is it's like all right well the map the way you control it the way you're looking at things kind of could have been a little bit better but overall again dude phenomenal game um still haven't beat it but i think i'm almost close i'm almost there so i'm having a great time man Yeah. yeah man um Nick, have you watched The Last of Us? Have you been keeping up with the HBO Last of Us? I have. I have. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts on The Last of Us. Good, I have, uh, yeah, a lot of opinions on this front. Because <laughs> that's another topic that I want to get into before we get to the news. 
have you watched the latest episode? Because I, I don't want to jump the gun, but have you? I have. That out? I have. I've uh, watched the most recent episode. Um, I think it was called Kin. Um, I yes. can't remember if that was is what it was called, but yeah, I yeah, think that's correct. what it was called. And uh, I, I got to tell you, man, they, they're continuing, continuing to bring the heat uh, on this. I just want to also give a quick shout out to the chat. Uh, I see yeah. uh, my co-host, William, in the chat William. talking about FNGC in the building. Thank you, sir. Nice. Thank awesome. you so much. Shout and then out. I also see our, our mutual friend, uh, Jono. What's up, man? It's good to see you in there. But yeah, so I, I've seen episode six of The Last of Us. I'm really, really liking this show so far. Before this is- you go any further, hang on. Spoilers. For okay. anybody that's listening right now, we are going to go into full spoilers for episode six. Oh, of cool. Perfect. Show. Let me hit that spoiler button now. Let's, Let's do it. Let's do it. Everybody get out of here. Don't listen to this if you haven't seen it yet. Don't um, leave. Don't leave. Come back. We don't yeah, come back. Forever. Give it like... Give You're it like, like an hour minutes. and then come. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, right, I could I could oh, talk no. about this show for an, maybe not an hour. That's a, that's a bit egregious, but no, I um I really like the show and the production quality that has been put into this show so far. I think again, you see that the industry has the film industry and the TV industry have both recognized that uh, video game stories are a viable investment to have on their networks, and it's a viable uh, I guess view counter that you can rack up for your for whatever streaming platform that you want. And so I think that this show really is a is a is a great example of Sony um and their good relationship with HBO and and I see that and hope for that to continue forward. I don't know about what Sony's doing with Netflix or Amazon. We'll see when that comes around. Not super hopeful for those, but this HBO Last of Us, the collaboration between Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin, who is also the creative director and the producer of Chernobyl, which was on HBO. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have gotten to see it to see that, but their their ability to work together and the fact that Craig played the game, he knows this game inside out, and like all of the production set people know this game inside out. It makes all the difference. It's like they they it's a little bit noisy. It's a little bit loud. I think sometimes when I hear people talk about the last of us on Twitter or on social media in general, because this is such a beloved game and it is a mainstream story at this point by now, considering the amount of people that have played both the last of us part one and two. Um, I think that something that is, is really interesting though. in episode six was about how they are continuing to commit to the relationship between Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey reprising the roles as Joel and Ellie. Um, I still think that's consistently good. Uh, and I think I really like this episode because of the scenes that Joel and Tommy were in together. Whenever you put Pedro in the room with an adult, I think that you're going to get a really, really interesting dynamic. I mean, it was one of my favorite parts when I was watching uh, Narcos was when he was really playing the room and they were focusing on Pedro Pascal for that period. And I think like the, the work that he did with the actor who played Tommy was really, really good. <clears throat> I uh, I think that it was that that reunion itself hit me emotionally harder than it did in the game. And really? uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and in that moment too, it took us a little while to get there, mm-hmm. but I love the production value and the set of Jackson. Um, yes. I, I think that's Jackson, Wyoming is where they're at. And yes. it is so beautiful and so good. And and this is kind of what indicates to me, I already know they're not just going to build that massive of a set if they're not going to use it at least for another time. To destroy I, it? You think they're just going to destroy I it? I don't think they're going to tear it. I mean, they could tear it down. They could rework it. Um, sure. They might even expand it for season two sure. of The Last of Us HBO, which I think is where this train is heading right now. And I can't, I can't be more excited for it. Um, 
they had the moment they had the moment kelvin where he 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 said you know you don't you don't know anything about loss basically and that was that was really really intense and it was like troy baker is an incredible actor and 100 and in in the way that he emotes through the characters you see a completely different perspective in pedro pascal who was another we're talking s-tier actor pedro pascal was the only good thing that ever happened in wonder wonder woman 84 that movie never worked he did I mean, yes. he's just, I haven't seen a bad thing with him in it. And I think he that he's miss, talented. Man. He enough. does he doesn't. Miss. He really doesn't ever. And I think he's like talented enough to carry. Um, and I think Bella Ramsey, them playing off of each other as, uh, you know, central characters in this show. It's just, it's, it's incredibly strong. You don't see a lot of this um, in the industry, which is why I, like, I, I deeply encourage folks who want to see their favorite video games be faithfully adapted into film or TV watch the show to support that to prove to executives that these are these are viable viable products you basically nailed it <laughs> like honestly <laughs> everything you said i a thousand percent agree with i think yeah. the production value in this episode but also in this season right now man it is killing it and again it goes to show you the testament of having the right people build a game adaptation right people that know the ins and outs of the game and understand what that developer or what that director was trying to portray and then kind of it's difficult right you can't yeah it's hard to see something in a game and be like okay how am i going to portray that in in an actual like setting in an actual like live setting right pedro pascal kills it like uh, uh, bella ramsey is killing it as well and it, it just fits so well. Everything looks like it it can it can kind of go by without the, the the movie, the game itself. Like if this was just a separate show and this had nothing to do with or didn't have any ties to the game, I'd believe yeah. it because this is such a well produ- produced game or well produced. I'm getting them uh, mixed all the time. Well produced yeah. uh, show, you know, and so going into this episode, I knew this was going to be intense because that scene that you were talking about. I knew this was this was coming and that was mm-hmm. by far probably my favorite scene in the game. They nailed it. Nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. Everything about that scene was phenomenal. It was probably almost one to one to the game, right? Yeah, it was. And yeah. There were some, some of like the shots lines, they framed it exactly the same. Framed it exactly. Which is great. But they they know that that scene is so impactful and so powerful. They didn't want to touch it. They were like, yeah. "You know what? We're going to keep this the way it is because it is such a well-written scene." Yeah, everything about that episode, man. I kudos to them. Kudos to the team. I can't yeah. wait for the next episode. And I, and not to like linger on this too long, but Maria's the the actress who played Maria. Her performance yeah. was incredible. Her dynamic between you know her and Ellie, like I just yeah, I can't continue to extol the virtues of what they've they've come in here. And I think you can attribute a lot of the success that you know, Craig Mazin's team has had is on like the subtle touches of like the lighting and especially the environmental design. I cannot say this enough. The environmental design and the VFX team have Mm -hmm. gotten exactly the aesthetic that we're looking for from this type of post-apocalyptic aesthetic that Naughty Dog created in game. So yeah, the faithful renditions need to continue. So yeah. Um, You mentioned Jacksonville, right? They, if I'm not mistaken, Again, this is more spoilers than, than what we're really going to talk about right now. But yeah. uh, season two or uh, episode two, part two, sorry, part two takes place in the beginning. Isn't that kind of like the settlement that Ellie is in? It looks very familiar. It looks very I think. I am not that. 100% sure on it, but 
I think it would be like a nice 90% probability that the same town that she's in at the beginning of The Last of Us Part Two is is in fact Jackson. I think it thematically right. makes sense. And I even see the similarities of the town in that game to what we saw when we were actually out there, especially when they were riding in on the horses. You see how the structures were kind of aligned and look right. the same. Um, right. And so it's just, it gives you that feeling that we're just going to be seeing this reprise and we're going to see her, you know, just gallop down the field on a horse, you know, with Joel by her side at the beginning of part two in episode one, which is gonna be a really interesting episode one because because like obviously the the last of us has a lot of stigmata attached to it as i've said this before on other shows Mm -hmm. but the reaction that happened on twitter after the last of us part two first came out was pretty dramatic and so it would be i'd be curious to see what's going to happen to like film critics and like you know film buffs to see how they do that scene how they handle it and like their reaction to it so yeah Lots of one thing I there. do, one thing I do want to touch on just a little bit before we move on, um, the Dina scene. We, we it, it's Dina, right? It's got to be. It's got to be there's, Dina. There, it looks exactly not, like her. Yeah. Yes, one thousand percent. I love how they introduced her without really introducing her. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's true. Like a nice little subtle thing. So it was nice to see. And some people didn't catch that for some reason. I thought it was pretty obvious. <laughs> I but, thought it was obvious too. Right. Yeah. But everyone's like, oh, who's that? This can't be like, I don't know. But interesting nonetheless. They okay. might recast it, but we'll see. That's probably why they left it that way. They're kind yeah. of like not. I think really... they, they they haven't settled on who they want to be for her. And so they kind of just left it as a like a hands-off type of introduction. 100 percent um oh yeah i can't wait till next episode episode seven coming out on sunday so we will definitely be watching that and talking about the next episode next week yeah um nick let's move on to our news of the week news number one here let's speculate let's speculate on oh man let's get on our bags here (laughs) so tune in february 23rd for exciting updates from our third party partners including psvr2 reveals and an in-depth look at Suicide Squad, roughly 15 minutes worth, said PlayStation on their Twitter account. So we're getting a PlayStation Direct. I'm sorry, not PlayStation Direct. A PlayStation State of Play. Nick, what are you? What are your hopes for this? Obviously, they laid it down for us. They're saying, "Hey, settle your expectations. This is what you're going to get." But we still got to speculate. You know what I mean? So (laughs) what do you think is going to happen on this? Are we going to get everything that they said, just third party titles and what will those third party titles be? And PSVR titles, like there's still a lot to be revealed here. I think if I'm not mistaken, this is a 45 minute presentation. Okay. I'm hoping it's 45 minutes because 15 minutes, we know that's going to be dedicated to the suicide squad. So yeah, you can, you can only hope that they're going to make this a pretty hefty one. I would hope for maybe, I mean, I don't know if an hour is too long, but at Mm. least at 45 minutes, you're hitting a sweet spot of, you know, if you're going to display trailers for games that are going to be coming up in this year, that's a place where they need to do it. And I think that where we're where we're at with Sony right now is a really weird place. Um, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of their legal issues that they've been facing in plight, like you know, thank you, Rob, I appreciate that, bud. But I think a lot of the the legal issues that they face with the the Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal and a lot of what they're involved in right now, especially over in the EU, um, has created a really interesting playing field when we talk about it from a strategic perspective between mm-hmm. Microsoft and Sony and and them coming out with this actual presentation this year is really important i think for them and setting the tone of how are we going to play our cards in 2023 and i think that we've said it for a long time that sony 
has lost a lot of goodwill in the fan base from the PS4 era. And so I think that the fact that you pair what they've been doing recently and the types of games that have come out, they've had some successes. We've seen a lot of success with a lot of positive reception from Wild Hearts. Um, and we know that, you know, Dead Space probably had an install base for them this year. And then, of course, we're going to see a huge push for Resident Evil 4 later on uh, in March. So about, that's the next month, dude. Yeah, Holy dude. Shit. Yeah. Q1, Q1 is lit this year. Oh and I think <laughs> I think we're going to start seeing that trend is that Q1 is going to start becoming very top heavy because right. and it, which I kind of I like and then I don't like at the same time because I'm I'm personally busy right now, like super busy in real life. And so I would rather than like wait until later in the year, which is why I'm glad Starfield is supposed to be coming out later. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, in terms of speculating what we might see, there's a lot that could be here. Again, I I do want to be a hype machine for you, but I also want to let people know I'm not saying what you're telling me to say, Rob. I'm not going to do that, but I <laughs> like we need to settle our yeah really really smooth out and even out our expectations. If it is a 45 minute thing, and then 15 of those minutes are going to be dedicated to Suicide Squad, we're going to see a lot of light PSVR2 stuff. They have sunk a lot of money into this system. They're selling it for a lot of money, and mm-hmm. they need to prove what the you know game install base is going to be for people to actually people like me who are very prospective you know hardware buyers you know what is going to actually get me in the door because i want to play the psvr2 but i'm not seeing value yet and so i think that you know we're of course probably going to see recaps of call of the mountain gran turismo 7 Capcom did, I mean, you'd look on their landing page for the PlayStation blog, Resident Evil 8, you see Lady Dimitrescu standing there. So we're going to see a lot more Resident Evil 8 on the PSVR 2 system, which is really cool because it talks about the relationship between Capcom and Sony right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you think about other stuff that they listed in that little blog post that they put on Twitter where it was like the list of all of the games and it was really Mm -hmm. tiny and I had to zoom in really close. And a lot of those games I had never heard of in my life. So you see stuff like No Man's Sky on there. So that could probably be a pretty interesting VR title. Tetris. I think that'd be really cool. No Man's Sky, not to cut you off, but I think No Man's Sky on the PSVR 2 I think would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, No Man's Sky would be really interesting, especially because that type of space exploration and, you know, that first first person, the first person perspective, it does really play well and work with, uh, you know, that type of hardware that you're actually using. And especially they sink so much into it. Something that I saw here and I've heard people rumbling about, they don't want to see Beat Saber on yet no. another VR console. We've played Beat Saber. Maybe there's a Beat Saber 2 or an update or I don't know what it's going to be. That is a potential thing, but I don't I don't really have a lot of faith in Beat Saber being like an actual viable property that they're going to use um, and get me in the door. Uh, Subnautica is a really interesting game that has a lot of pull uh, on Steam. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but I mean, they have like 684 people in their subreddit. I mean, this is a huge population base. So that is a really interesting kind of like, it's not, su- It's I guess you could say that it is indie. It's not like a AAA backed game. It's not attached to a large developing team, but that right, would be right. cool to bring to PSVR. If I had a dream, if I had like to say like something I can imagine being like in a, in a dream world for what know. they would roll out on this. Yeah. I got a couple here, and that the first one I think is pretty obvious. And I want an Astrobot Adventure, man. I want a fucking Astrobot Adventure in VR. They've done it before for the PSVR one, yeah. and I, I think we could really get a cool one for the PSVR two. I think that would be really fun, and it's also, I mean, the Astrobot's Playroom. That shit was awesome, dude. Fire, dude. As, as Fire. a free game to install yeah. on your console, I mean, that's flexing right there. If you're really yeah. thinking about it, so I want to see them continue to really 
invest in Astrobot and that team that put that together because it's just a I mean they're really good at what they do so you want to see some of that uh and then 20th Century Fox has been rumbling about doing a VR game in Aliens in the in the Alien slash Aliens universe yeah so something out of Fireteam Elite which I don't really want to play because from everybody that I've heard it's just not great it's just a Mm -hmm. you know bullet hell bullshit game i don't know but uh yeah i want to i want to see a really good uh alien v like alien vr game on the psvr 2 that's going to be up to that same level of quality of like your your alien isolation that sort of thing sure, sure yeah sure. how about yourself so i'm not the biggest vr guy okay so for me the v- places vr 2 again came out today i'm not the most excited about but i am yeah skeptical i i want to make sure i want to see what the this is capable of i want to see what they're able to kind of bring to the table so far on day one i'm not really too thrilled one because the the software lineup isn't really there for me okay um and two it's just really pricey like i'm not yeah it is and five hundred dollars on something that i don't think is gonna have legs in like maybe two to three years that's just my personal opinion um but I, I, I want to see what they can do. And I think, again, like you said in the beginning, PlayStation State of Play for tomorrow, I think is going to really show what they're capable of for the PlayStation VR 2. I think they're going to be able to see or show, okay, this is what we have lined up. This is what we have stacked up for you guys. This is why you should buy a PlayStation VR 2. Um, things that we can see? I don't know, man. Like that, that's, that's, that's the million-dollar question. Like, are we gonna see like half like half-life alex maybe like would that'd be really dope if they brought that over to to psvr2 like that would get me excited because i I know ps uh uh, half-life alex was really good but obviously it's kind of kind of in one like side of playstation vr world so if they could bring that over to the playstation side and then maybe give that a shot i'm sure more people will be eager to play that and try that out um but again i i feel like for this state of play it's gonna be more so of like like you said maybe some things that we've already seen before or maybe just uh games like resident evil 8 kind of coming over to the place in vr maybe things like um some indie titles that we're not really comfortable or too sure about but they're gonna yeah. kind of like show their presentation here um i'm not really i'm not really my guess is i don't think we're gonna see anything like groundbreaking right now at least sure. for the PlayStation vr side um third party side yeah. though Third party side, completely different awesome story. things, right? Yeah. I can see Street Fighter Six again. Again, a lot of things that we've already seen, but just to kind of like reiterate, like, hey, this is coming. Final Fantasy Sixteen, like, perfect example. Like, I can definitely see all those titles like coming in, leaving with a bang, and just like giving us more information, more just like hype for it. So I'm definitely excited for the third party side. Yeah, the third party side, I think, is going to be really, really interesting to see what happens because mm-hmm. that's just a, there's there's so many possibilities that you see for all of the studios that are, you know, that, that have a, a good partnership with Sony right now. Um, yeah, it, it's so interesting because like I, I, I am so excited for this, this actual, you know, PlayStation state of play that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep my 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 expectations low. I would hope for one yeah. banger at the very least one banger. And I okay. think of that some of those could include something like more armored core from FromSoft. I yes, think that dude, that could make absolutely. people really excited and buzz yes. and I think that could make a lot of people speculate on what's going on there. Um you know something that I think is interesting is the fact that obviously the Bungie team is working on, you know, Destiny 2 Lightfall and they're they're put together right now, but we know for a fact that Bungie is working on new IP for Sony. Okay. And so I don't know if their team got expanded, but I think 
it would be really cool to see maybe like a a five minute presentation with somebody that comes in from Sony or excuse me, Bungie and talks Mm -hmm. about something that's related to a new IP that they haven't actually previously talked about before. That would be really exciting. That would give me hope for the future to see something from that. Um, Or we could get gameplay footage for Silent Hill 2. Konami could uh, come in there. And I mean, in that also, again, we talk about the relationships that Sony has with a lot of these studios, you know, that, you know, Konami might save something like that for themselves. I'm not really sure how their team is going to do that because the first time we've seen them in a long time was at the reveal of Silent Hill. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but like if they were to come through and work with Sony and say, hey, let me give you an exclusive on the PlayStation 5, that could be, that could be a huge swing. For, yes. for Sony in the actual battle of 2023 and who's going to come in and actually dominate that third-party uh, space between them and Microsoft. So I think that could be really interesting. And then, of course, 505 might say something else about Alan Wake 2. Um, that is something that is going to be right. coming out yeah. really soon this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are a lot of Alan Wake fans out there. I see Will in the chat. He's, t- he's talking about a Cuphead VR game. I don't know where this <laughs> fucking Joker is coming in here and talking about a damn Cuphead is, game. But... I, d- I don't even know him, honestly. Let's ban him from the chat folks but no it's i i think that there's a lot that could happen and then a lot that couldn't we might see something that's like okay this is going to be a shovelware game or something like that at this thing and it's going to have three whole minutes dedicated to it and there'll be like five of those who really knows but i mean i hope my my hope is is really high we might see more from uh, capcom street fighter 6 or we might see something about tekken 8 too since that was kind of tekken 8 yeah yeah that was teased so yeah lots of lots of hopes there's so much that they can do. Again, historically, state of plays have been kind of the third party like scope. Like they, they they kind of like bring in the third party atmosphere when it comes to the to their state of plays. Like not much. Like you have a like a few state of plays, right? You have like your state of plays that kind of like strictly focus on one title, like when they did like Ghost of Tsushima, right? Uh, you yeah. have the state of play that kind of focused on third party titles like when we saw resident evil 3 i think it was if if i'm not mistaken um and then you have state of play like this where they kind of like focus on different things but they kind of let you know like hey this is what we're focusing on we're not gonna like settle your expectations basically yeah and so this is what we're getting tomorrow and i think there's so many possibilities with third with the third party side um Street Fighter, Final Fantasy 16, you mentioned a bunch of other cool ones. Like yeah. I think we can definitely see like Silent Hill too. Like that makes perfect sense here. Right. Um yeah, I'm trying to think of any other like big titles, but would you think they'll have like a one more like a like here's like one more title and they'll probably like just like throw it out there at the end? They literally have to. If right? they don't do that, I personally will be, be very upset. I mean, right? technically they they don't. But I think that that Xbox and Nintendo both fucking killed it in their most recent presentations. And the fact that the Xbox mm-hmm. Developer Direct, which I expected to be a snooze fest, was actually really interesting. You got hands-on with the developers, and you get to got to really cool gameplay footage of some of the games they're looking at, including everything that we got from from Redfall, which still is kind of a up in the air thing for me. I don't know. Right, right, right. But you know, at the end of the day, like you know, Xbox Game Pass came out swinging with Hi-Fi Rush, free instant play. Xbox Game Pass, 
just get in there and have fun with this really cool game from Tango Gameworks, which is like, who expected the Evil Dead 2 guys to come out with this dope anime game? Out of game? nowhere, dude. Yeah, that's like, that's a rhythm-based focused anime game, which is super fucking fun. Yeah, it's so fun, nice. and it's so easy to get good at that game. And then you see Nintendo coming out with a Metroid Prime remake. You're literally playing it right now. Again, Shadow you Drop. buy it. Shadow Drop it the same day. If they don't Shadow Drop something cool, like, I would, ex- I would expect Sony right now. Are everyone to Shadow Drop now? Like, I Sony want that. That to be the truth the thing is is that if they don't fucking shadow drop a game sony is going to be the biggest loser this entire year of 2023 because it's like come on you hear something like that which makes me it gives me hope for something that maybe they've been waiting they've been delaying or they're holding on to right now something that is third party they could say oh and by the way the Bloodborne remaster for the PlayStation 5. I was just going to say, what is do you getting think pushed. Shadow Drop then? If, yeah, if they, like, okay, if it was some, a small project that people love, like, literally just doing a remaster like that could could set the Sony fan base on fire. Bloodborne is not a small task, all right? If they drop <laughs> that, the internet would explode. Everybody yeah. will go bonkers, dude. So yeah. if they did that, that would be insane, dude. That would be freaking insane. <laughs> and so many people have been waiting for that for so long, so yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, totally. You're 100 right. I think they can. They have to shadow drop something now. Yeah, because just like, a little it's like, something. It's the like, cool thing to do now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, in, in all seriousness, though, they haven't really shown much, right? This is not really for their first party titles. So I, I'm not expecting anything like Spider Man, Wolverine, like any of that stuff. I'm not expecting here. Maybe last the last thing, like the one more, they might show something, but I, I highly doubt it. Um. This is their time to show what they have in store for third party and for PSVR 2. But then I don't know if you uh, follow Jeff Grubb by any chance, but he's been kind of rumoring this for, for quite some time. And he was correct. This, this, in fact, is coming out. But he also rumored that a showcase is coming out before E3. And now, you know, that showcases and PS uh, and the state of plays are kind of different right the showcases yes. are more like they're the, like they're hefty, the, temples. the yeah. first yeah exactly there's where they they're actually where you would expect bungie to release yes. their new single player ip that they've been working on exactly the and so that's yeah. why i don't think that would be in this one just because sony owns bungie now and it's kind of like their first party title but it's not really first party i don't know it's confusing but um i could definitely see that happening on, on a showcase for sure um and they're focusing on a uh, multiplayer side of things right they're focusing on like some, something similar to like destiny right so i can definitely see that happening on the showcase um a lot to expect and, and this is their year they didn't have a showcase last year right they had they've had state of place last year but again very small ones this one yeah will kind of like set the path for this year and then with the showcase coming out before e3 i think we'll see exactly what sony has in store for the rest of the year and then probably f- for the future and it's going to be a hefty 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 year if um if I think everything's going to play out the way it is, it's going to be a huge year for Sony, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Completely agree definitely. on that front. Um, I'm going to move a little bit over to the chat here. Uh, take it easy. John says, Nasty Nate said he was getting sick playing GT7 VR. So, Dude, I heard I heard that VR experience was sick. I heard you can like put the headset on and then like look over or like look out your window a little bit to really? like pivot and actually see where the other car was so you can adjust and like make the turn where you need to, which is really that's kind of cool. That's that that is what's selling me about what the okay. VR experience could so you're more be. on on the I want a PSVR too. Like you're kind of like excited for that in a, in a way or. I mean, it just depends. It's so much money to kind of throw at a technology that I have tried before that 
to me, like exactly like he's saying here, he got sick playing Gran Turismo 7. Like, I don't want to get nauseous after playing for 30 minutes, which is a high probability because I am prone to getting nauseous, mm. um, you know, or motion sickness and stuff like that. And it hasn't like I've <clears throat> never done a, a VR experience that's been extended. But uh, okay. but yeah, I think that's like the fact that some of the some of the cooler elements that they've put into the development of this PSVR 2 game, you know, like in Gran Turismo 7 or some of the other, uh, you know, Call of, Call of the Mountain. I've heard really good things about folks who have been previewing and impressioning that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, flying around could be really cool. I mean, it would be really cool to jump in as Spider-Man, but you think of the momentum and how, how yes. you're using that game, and if they are actually implementing like any kind of haptics to it, it could easily make you a little bit sick doing something like that. So, yeah, I'm we'll see what happens. I'm definitely prone to sickness as well, so I don't know. I've never really tried VR, really. Like, I've tried okay. it at packs yeah. but it wasn't really like a full-fledged like vr experience yeah and so for me again rob says it perfectly here in the chat he says uh vr is so hard to market so they need an insanely strong ip to really draw interest and i think that's where i'm at right i don't see yeah. anything that really draws my interest unless i put that map like the if i put the helmet on right and, uh, and the headset on and then i kind of see for myself okay this is what the whole thing is like this is what everyone's talking about then I'll probably understand like, okay, this is why I need this. Right. Right. But as of right now, I've not had that experience. So I don't really understand how VR works and how that plays out. So it's, it's tough. It's tough to market, you know? And yeah, yeah. You don't really know how to market. It's niche peripherals, man. It's niche peripherals. And the fact that the, the, this is, this is the direction that they're going instead of the prevailing conversation, which is like, damn, Sony, why don't you come out with a cool handheld steam's doing it. Nintendo clearly has that space on lock. Like they could, they could have went in a different direction, but the fact that they are committed to like the VR market is a choice that they made. And I don't think that they're going to pivot from unless the PSVR two sales do abysmally, which is a is it is a viable like you know thing that could potentially happen if it's not marketed or developed appropriately correct yeah um the disrespect that they released the vr2 on the day that the vita vita came out um it's kind of kind of that is so disrespectful long (laughs) live the fucking playstation vita come on (laughs) guys everybody knows what the superior handheld was in the early 2000s yeah see nick gets it exactly you know like you, you gotta stick by the vita but the thing is also is to circle back what you were talking about and, and exactly yeah. like what, what Rob was saying here, you need an incredibly big IP. Half-Life Alex is something that I would look forward to actually playing. And that is something that would make me want to spend the $550 versus the other value proposition that Steam has, which is 1500 which is mm-hmm. like, I don't know many normal people who aren't in the gaming space that have you know access to those kind of funds so i think that making something like half-life alex as accessible and like an actual viable experience on the psvr2 is something that like could make me get in there for sure 100 percent, man 100 percent. we'll have to see i mean again this is the first day um i'm hoping that tomorrow gives us a little bit more sheds more light into the yeah. psvr escape and we'll see what comes in store but yeah as right now i'm, I'm a little trepidatious a little you know for sure um, news number two here. Happy Pokemon Day. Dude, Pokemon Happy Pokemon presents Day. Announced. Not yet. Not quite. We're almost there. Happy um, Margarita Day. Today's actually Margarita, Margarita Day. Day. Oh, really? Is it? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Damn, that's what Proud Rob's drinking right now. You know? <laughs> he should be. So let's talk about uh, 
Pokemon uh, Presents because they've announced a Pokemon Present. It's uh, coming out the uh, this Monday, so February 27th. Yes. Uh, so since 2016, the Pokemon Company has shared several announcements on February 27th, uh, a.k.a. Pokemon Day, and this year is no different. Uh, the Pokemon Company announces a Pokemon Present on February 27th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Last year, they announced Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and Gen 9. So, Nick, my question to you, what are you expecting this year, this Monday, for Pokemon, the Pokemon company, to present anything on Pokemon Day? Oh, my God, dude. Okay, so I'm going to continue to circle back to being a hype hype machine for this show. Like, I am very curious as to what they're doing here because they're making this a big thing and they're making this a continued thing. This is a, yes. this is a hallmark, an annualized content release drop that they've done for a while now over the past right. two years. And... I am really, really interested to see what it's going to happen. Um, again, I want to be a hype machine, but the possibility of this being a Scarlet Let it Violet out, man. DLC, Just let it go. <laughs> the, the possibility of this being a Scarlet Violet DLC, like one half of the show, is very, very high. They did the exact yes. same thing for Sword and Shield. Yes. They're going to double down on trying to squeeze more money out of that game so they can continue to, you know, make these games at the level that they're currently making them at. Um, so seeing that and then seeing more of the spinoff titles, your Pokemon Go, your Pokemon Unite, the Pokemon trading card game, there could be more updates yes. on those fronts too. Of course, like you could see small trailers. Uh, you know, you know something that would be really interesting to see? Uh, my, my good friend, uh, my good friend Tyler from the Switch It Up podcast, the second time yep. I've called him out today, um, he kind of extolled the virtues of Pokemon Dungeon Masters. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to play something like that, but no. it is a side content Pokemon game mm. that apparently involves some really, really interesting storytelling and some actual like mystery and uh, really cool lore and world building for the Pokemon universe. Uh, it is a spinoff like side show, but I think that's something that fans would really like to see is something, maybe a new game in the Pokemon Dungeon Master series. I think that would be really cool. Uh, I'm going to just fucking tear the lid off the top of this thing though. Tear it and up, say, tear you know, we started off We've done we've done the whole Arceus. We've done the Scarlet. Last year was new game thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We've already done Yellow. They've already done Pearl and Diamond. So they skipped a couple of games there, and they skipped a couple right. really important games there. Mm -hmm. So if we got some type of announcement on the front of we're gonna get a Heart Gold Soul Silver remake for the Nintendo Switch, that like literally the Pokemon fans' heads would explode. It would literally like fall off of their Dude, torsos. Like if I they got a Heart Hold, yeah. And I and I think that like Heart, excuse me, Gold and Silver were such nostalgic games for me that I would be an automatic install day one, uh -huh. a day one player day for, one a game for me like too. That. And I'm not really huge right now with Scarlet and Violet right now, but if they did that, yeah. day one for me. Honestly. Oh yeah, and and the, and the thing is too is that i a lot of people complained about the pearl and diamond remake mm -hmm. that they did and how they kind of had this weird skin that they put over it. they tried to make it this like new 2d like up res type situation that didn't necessarily work i thought that the formula that they used for pokemon yellow which with let's go eevee and let's go pikachu was incredibly strong so if they stuck to that type of aesthetic but then they did something like ruby sapphire or emerald dude mm. forget about it forget, forget about, about it about like it, that dude. would that would i would i would buy all three copies i would be that <laughs> psycho dude because i love all of those games and i would literally just go all, i would waste so much time doing that for my actual backlog like they would they just take my money take my money pokemon company please that's where so, i'm at with it <laughs> all right so what do you think is really gonna happen because you you said a uh, lot of like crazy shit that oh i, I totally did really i totally <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I said, I said a bunch of bullshit there. That's probably none of that is going to happen here. I would hope for it too. I think that would be really cool if they did. I that would be really pleased. That would be a fan pleasing moment. Yeah. Um, but I think that the reality is we're, they're going to talk about how well Scarlet and Violet did. And then we're going to get some type of remake or rather, excuse me, DLC impressions or, you know, the DLC footage, like a trailer or something like that sure. for uh, Scarlet and Violet. And then they're going to continue down the road. They could even talk about some actual like physical retail merch stuff that they might be selling there, too. So yeah, I, I'm going to look at this. See, the Pokemon yeah. Company, they're not a they're, they're not really a game industry type no, like the savvy all. they're not like a video presentation savvy company no this so, is what they're doing this is what we're going to give you and they're going to throw the whole like kit and caboodle exactly yeah. so because they have so many different properties and lines that they're running right now that this is right. the space that they're going to use for that and they don't really care about the gamers as much other than that profit margin that they get so sure um yeah definitely the, a patch for uh, uh scarlet and violet i believe is going to be out there i think they've actually announced a patch uh 1.2 um, it's gonna. My guess is gonna probably drop the same day as the uh, Pokemon, um, the Pokemon presentation. Yeah. Um, they shared patch notes, I believe, last week containing like hefty like tweaks and like fixes, uh, like bug fixes and all that stuff. So I, I'm pretty sure that's coming. Which to me, that's that's uh, exciting because one, I didn't think Pokemon Company would even do anything regarding the issues or addressing any of the issues that Scarlet and Violet has. Yeah. So that's good. I think one of my issues with the game that made me kind of draw back were some of those big like just buggy like messes that sometimes i would i would encounter and i'm just like why am, i don't know why am i playing this right now like i i just don't feel the drive and, and so I, I fell off you know so but if they fix some of those issues maybe i might join back in and then probably like you know like rob did rob stopped playing for a while and yeah. he picked it back up and now he's he's all in you know okay and so that could be me if they fix some of the issues you know um, I could definitely sure. see them incorporating place, uh, places, Pokemon Home. Uh, Pokemon Home is also a big talk that they've been trying to like push, but I don't know where that's going really. I'm not sure yeah, if that's going to be something no. that they want to. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. that could be options. Um, I know they just mentioned having the Pokemon Coliseum for Switch Online, right? That's coming yes. out soon. You think that's going to be announced here, like another Shadow Drop? Yeah, I do. I I I think that Pokemon Coliseum would be really interesting. I. It, wait, so correct me if I'm wrong. Coliseum hmm. is not an active, actual live service game, right? Their their main live game is Unite. You're talking about a remake for Pokemon Coliseum? They, so I think in the Nintendo Direct, they announced Pokemon Coliseum oh. for the Switch Online, for Nintendo you know, Switch you're Online. You're right. You're right about that. Okay, I'm remembering now. But they didn't now. address any date or when we'll see it. Yeah. Maybe because we're going to see it tomorrow or Monday, I, I yeah. would assume. I don't know. That would That's just my speculation there. I'd imagine that you probably could see something on that front and actually see them commit to like the Nintendo Switch online, you know, ecosystem that that infrastructure mm -hmm. that they've built over there. Say, hey, yeah, throw a couple of Pokemon games like you could throw like I think they already have the Pokemon Snap on there already. But yeah, mm -hmm. if you, you mm -hmm. threw something like Coliseum on there, that would be really cool. And that would give me in the door. I just want to give a quick shout out to obviously Rob. Apparently <laughs> there's an inkling that there might be a black and white remake. Oh, yes. man. That is that is intense. Yo, what's up, Chris? Hey. I see you there in the chat as well. It's good to see you there. Um, Shout out to you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Um, yeah, man. I there's a lot to expect. Again, this is 20 minutes, so we're not. I'm, I'm not expecting like a lot of like news here. Maybe just like a, basically most of the stuff that we said here. Yeah. What I really wish that they can do, and stick with me here. 
I would really like for them to incorporate maybe the anime a little bit into, okay. into some of these uh, presents, okay. right? That would I would really love cool. to see to like show us a new trailer for the for the upcoming anime, right? Show us like because I know you you know Ash's journey is going to come to an end. I think it's yeah like maybe a couple more episodes left in Japan until his his full fledged like you know finale season, and so they already announced the new Gen Nine anime, right? And so I would like to see maybe more more hype for that. I feel like I don't really, I, I don't know if it's a, like a different entity, like if it's somebody like a different corporation that kind of deals with the anime portion of things, but it would be nice to kind of have them show the anime side of things or to show maybe the next movie or I don't know, maybe something that kind of incorporates more of how Nintendo is doing things with Mario, right? With like this Mario Bros uh, movie coming out, like they see the success in that and they see how well um, received it's been. Maybe they want to show something that they have within the pokemon world like i don't know i'm just trying to spit weird shit here but i think it would really work if and it would really bring people like more hype if they would incorporate anime or if they incorporate like the movie like it would really show like okay like they're doing something different you know instead of just like the same routine of showing you know what game just came out last year and then showing a, a dlc like you mentioned and then maybe showing a patch like i mentioned and then kind of like giving us a little bit more details and then that's it you know yeah, I think the Pokemon company is starting to realize that they need to take themselves a little bit more seriously. Mm. Um, and I think that by looking in a more holistic perspective at their entire property line and mm. what they're doing, especially their attachment, obviously, with the, the Super Nintendo world, which I've seen a lot of people go to and seems very hype. But I agree with you 100% on the fact that something like the anime probably does need to be there. And especially considering the fact that they're committed to a multi-directional, you know, market approach. I mean, it's literally one of the biggest IPs in the world. It's right. bigger than a lot of like retail product lines and like mainline business products. But I think that the the power and the, the connection that a lot of the fan base has to the anime is really important. And of course, you want to see yes. more of that collaboration and the fact that uh, the Pokemon company is going to take care and, and invest in the production of a really good high quality anime that is going to tie back in narratively to what people have seen before between like, I think it's like the Johto League or everything that's going mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. with, with Ash right now. And like, I think there was a lot of there's a lot of buzz in on Twitter that I heard of like his wins that he's actually had. And you, I this was is just the first say, time. Dude. Yeah, it's the first time you get to see ash like he's a fucking pokemon master dude like this dude beat the elite four like he is serious about his shit and like he in in the fact that the pokemon exactly like naruto the pokemon is evolving with its fan base it's growing with its mm -hmm. fan base we could get mm -hmm. really cool shit later on down the road yeah, um and yeah so that's that's something that i'd like to see for sure did you see him win the world championship Ash? No, I haven't seen that episode. Oh my is God. it good? Is it like something that I should just watch that one? Just watch question? that. Just watch okay. that. And then okay. you un you'll understand why I said what I said about okay. let's bring the anime into the into these presents because I I I have not kept up with Pokemon at all because I'm not the I'm not the big Pokemon guy. Rob is. And even sure. him, he hasn't even watched any of the animes. He's just not been in, he's just kind of like six with the game. Yeah. Dude. If you watch that episode, I'll probably link it to you after this, but it is fucking crazy, dude. dude it's like the quality, the production in that. It's like, holy shit. Like, this is like full-blown anime style. This isn't like the cartoon. So like, it's like some like of the, like, the AAA stuff you've seen from like MAPPA yes. and like Studio yes. Orange and stuff like that. Okay. Oh, for, oh, I'm, dude, I'm there for it. it. I'm there for it. Insane, dude. Yeah. It is insane.
<laughs> uh, Rob wants us to put it put on it now. On. Just play, just play the just Pokemon. Play. Let's like, just watch yeah, it, let's just I mean? watch a thirty-minute episode on the show. I'm down. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it, baby, dude. I, I will say it is hype. I watched it at work, and I'm just like in my little corner. I'm like, holy shit! Like this is crazy. Like that's yeah, dope. yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, twenty minutes, not that long, but it's not we'll long at they, all. We'll yeah. see what happens. Um, you know what is long though. News number three, Microsoft's 10-year deal with Nintendo. That sure is long. Uh, that is a very long time. Microsoft has signed a binding 10-year legal agreement with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo players as long as the company's $69 billion Activision Blizzard acquisition is approved. Feels like every week we're talking about this, but the Microsoft deal and the legal battles the company is facing since last year has taken the gaming world by storm in a sense it just that's yeah. something that we talk about every single time uh, microsoft has been attempting to prove to the government agencies that their purchase does not monopolize the industry and will not harm competitors such as playstation here's a statement released by brad smith president of microsoft regarding the 10-year deal um, it says, uh, we've now signed a binding 10-year contract to bring Xbox games to Nintendo gamers. This is just part of our commitment to bring Xbox games and Activision titles. Let me read that again. This is just our commitment to bring Xbox games and Activision titles, like Call of Duty, to more players on more platforms. That's interesting there. Yeah. Microsoft and Nintendo have now negotiated and signed a binding 10-year agreement, blah, 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 uh, the same day as Xbox with full features and content party oh sorry parody so that they they can experience call of duty just as xbox and playstation gamers enjoy call of duty we are committed to providing long-term equal access to call of duty to other gaming platforms bringing more choices to more players and more competition to the gaming market nick i spoke a lot there but this is (laughs) a 10-year deal that microsoft is now binding with nintendo what do you think about that uh, it's a lot of business posturing is what it is right here. Um, I like it. I like to see stuff like this because I think it's just interesting. It plays very well um, when you look at it from the perspective of a consumer. Uh, I think that the interesting part about this is the fact that they're this they're they're making this deal. They're they're holding up this agreement that they have committed to something that hasn't finished yet. I think it's really it it goes to show that either Microsoft is really really rolling on the dice on this situation or they're incredibly confident on how they're going to come out of the conversations at the FTC. Maybe somebody sitting in the room there with the executive leadership team and they have been privy to the conversations that have been had or they've been privy to the mediations that have going on between Sony and EU and Microsoft and ULA and all that all everything the FTC I mean literally they're getting audited Microsoft is getting audited by the FTC over this game so it'll be really interesting to see how this all plays out from a legal perspective. I'm not as educated on that front. There's a lot of experts. IGN did a deep dive, so I recommend you go to IGN and look at some of the stuff that they've talked about in terms of how legal experts are divided over which direction the the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard deal will go. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think this also makes sense because they're saying that this agreement you know, has been, this is going to be the same agreement we're going to share with Sony. And this right. is the agreement. I think that they said like they're open to steam. If I'm not incorrect, that they talked about steam also being involved in something like this later on in the future too, or they have a separate outside agreement with them uh, currently right now. But I do love to see the collaboration between Microsoft and Nintendo like that, because we're, that just means that more gamers are going to be playing awesome games. And eventually oh, yeah. maybe one day in the 
you know, distant future, Nintendo the might be open plan. to actually, yeah, the 10 year plan, Nintendo might potentially be open to seeing like what is going to be their reciprocal value that they're going to give back to Microsoft in this type of situation. And that might be something like, you know, bringing, I don't know, a new Bungie game to the Switch or having mm-hmm. like some type of Mario Kart game come to the Xbox. Who really knows? But, uh, I I think it I think it is interesting. That's such I, a wild statement that you just said, by the way. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like Mario like just having Mario in an Xbox platform like Dude, that would rip. Wild. They would make so much money. But they it's would not be impossible. Sw- jumping in swimming pools full of money oh, yeah. if Mario Kart came to Xbox. But this they, is the thing, that's not impossible. We live in a world now where that shit doesn't sound that crazy. like it's crazy, but yeah. it's more like feasible now than it was like 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to say that ten years ago, you're like, yeah, you're crazy. Like, no way. But now it's like, it's possible. You know, it, it could it could happen. I can definitely yeah. see Microsoft and Nintendo working this ten year plan, and then have Nintendo have Game Pass and some right. at some point. You know what I mean? Right. Like, exactly. I think that's the goal. Which I think would that's be, the which would be goal. incredible. And like, that's the hope for where Nintendo is going. And and the what I see here. Also, it inspires hopes and the confidence that Microsoft has about the whole issue, issue situation with the ABK deal, but it also inspires confidence on Nintendo because Nintendo wouldn't agree to a deal like this unless they had some semblance of faith that COG would run on whatever fucking machine that they have whenever the 10-year deal is supposed to start. I don't know if this is starting immediately, if they're just saying from February 22nd, 2023, 10 years in the future, we'll see what happens when right. we get there, mm-hmm. but um, that inspires hope on my end that the PA or that the switch Two or whatever new product that they're going to call. And that's, I think they're going to stick in the switch ecosystem, if you will. Yes. But yes. I, I think that for some interesting, interesting things that we'll see from, from Nintendo later on in the future about hardware, this gives me hope to say they wouldn't agree to this if they didn't think that it could run on their network. They have a long way to go though. Nintendo's infrastructure for their online access, you you saw it when you were playing Animal Crossing, and you probably see it when you're playing Splatoon. It's not great. They have nope. a lot to do, and they need to sink a lot of money into that you know ecosystem in order to make it viable to have you know multiplayer content on their consoles. Mm-hmm. Agreed, man. Agreed. I think this is the stepping stone. This is the plan that Microsoft and Phil Spencer have been aiming towards for for a very long time, right? Oh yeah. And this, we're, we're starting to see the ramifications of that now, right? Where yeah. you're starting to see the bleeding effect of Microsoft and Nintendo, right? Microsoft and Sony, Microsoft, and like you're you're starting to see that kind of happen little by little. Um, like I think we we got Cuphead, right? Cuphead was one of uh, Microsoft's titles, and not really like a full fledged exclusive to Microsoft, but it's been I, I would say like a, a like a healthy relationship that they have between the studio. I think it's uh studio MD something, MDHR I think it's called. Yeah. Um they have a healthy relationship, right? And so uh Ori is also another title that came to the Switch. Like yes. you're seeing that kind of already happen. And so it's only a matter of time till you see Game Pass coming over to Switch or like you said, fucking Mario going into the Xbox ecosystem. Like it could happen. That's things cool. that are possible, dude. Um, I actually read something online today that I didn't add to the news here, but uh, Microsoft and NVIDIA today announced the companies have a 10-year agreement partnership to bring Xbox PC that's games. What to, that's what you were talking about? Yeah, that's what uh, I was PC referring games to. Not to the Nvidia, NVIDIA GeForce. Yeah. Yep. Which is hype because apparently the GeForce I, Now platform is really good in terms of yeah. streaming. So that's really that's awesome. insane, dude. So Microsoft know, knows what they're doing. They're they're just trying to like really bring literally bring games gamers together, like just kind of like bring the whole gaming ecosystem and just kind of like 
hey, like we don't have to sh- like we can share this space. We don't have to kind of like have our own different islands. We can share this one space, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with this whole 10 year thing. I know you did mention like uh, switch Two, right. And I think that is the goal. Like if you want to have call of duty, like if, if you try to put call of duty now here, it's going to more, more than likely be like a cloud-based system, right. Kind of like kingdom hearts now that they have with like the cloud-based, um, uh, streaming service. I think they have, so. Right? Yeah. So I, it's, it has to be. How well is that going to run though? Like you, you would think switch Two, right. It would be a little bit more heftier, more powerful console, but is it really going to really be compared to the uh the quality of like playstation and all that stuff i think in in, even in here it says like they're trying to kind of keep the same experience for all platforms right yeah yeah i think that's the the main goal of what they're looking at here and and keep the actual yeah the content parody is on par for what you would get from xbox and playstation and so that's that is really i don't know i don't know if i believe that it's yeah that's the thing and and that's why this is why like i i'm laughing at all of you fucking nintendo losers right now who poo-pooed <laughs> me for saying that all nintendo games need 60 frames you know you know whatever highest resolution that can fit on whatever monitor that they're sitting on and they also need better hardware and whatever docking systems that they're using in order to you know translate that signal that's coming from right. the switch into a 4k you know visual and you right. can just you can open the door so much for your developers who can do incredible things already for the games that they're they're working with on this super old tech it's a right. snapdragon v2 chip that they they used for old laptops back in the day and that's what's mm-hmm. sitting on your switch right now and and they need something more hefty from either amd or nvidia um so i i really i would expect that um you know depending on what type of chip that they're gonna choose to use on whatever hardware update they're gonna they're gonna go in this direction that it should at the very least be able to stream this game decently um the thing with with first person shooters is that every frame Every second matters. It counts. Yes. You're playing with these sweaty 13-year-olds who have done nothing for the past <laughs> 72 hours but play on that map that you're currently playing on. And That's old facts. fuckers That's like facts. me, you know, jump on and we're going to get wiped off the map um, if you're going to play on your Switch. So it's all about kind of like what you're looking for and what you're trying to get into. I'm not going to be playing Call of Duty, period, whether or not it's going to be on the Switch. So I'm kind of ambivalent here. But sure. Yeah. yeah. I think you bring up a great point. Who is asking for Call of Duty on Switch? Like who, like why is that something that is needed? I don't think anyone's really asking for that. I think it's just the fact that there's accessible, like like there's more options for gamers. That's great. But no one's really like asking for Call of Duty on Switch. Yeah. That might might just be me. I'm just saying. I don't know. I think Nintendo more than anybody probably wants it there. They want that. They want the revenue that's going to generate. It's a huge, exactly. The brand name speaks for itself, right? Mm -hmm. And so you you put Call of Duty and Nintendo together, you're going to fucking money like yeah. just cake you yeah know they I mean? want to be attached to microtransactions and oh, i mean yeah. that's a that's a huge piece to it um you, you know you could stream warzone i mean i think that all of the call of duty developers treyarch and you know sledgehammer raven they've made some of these newer call of duty games you know on mobile platforms that have been able to perform successfully well now phones are a completely different territory because they're making some right. juiced out phones right oh, now like yeah. they are yeah. like a lot of these phone companies are flexing but i think that uh you know porting something to the switch on newer tech is really smart and so i'm hoping that it's not going to just be this very light um you know stream based platform that they're going to run with there so for sure i'm going to transition to still nintendo but a little bit more on the zelda side with news number four the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom art book is leaked 
unfortunately. Okay. Um, it seems like a significant number of images have leaked from Tears of the Kingdom. Um, we're not going to be showing these images at all. We're just going to be talking about it. No spoilers here. We're just going to be talking about the news. Uh, this is the same art book that is included in the collector's edition of the game. So no major story beats are being spoiled here. However, there are a few unannounced goodies in the book that the public has yet to see. Um, like I said, we're not going to be showing anything, but if you're interested in staying clear of any weapons, characters, locations, outfits, etc., mute any keywords you may have on your uh, social medias so that the algorithm does not catch it, and so it'll avoid spoilers as much as you can. Um, thoughts on this? This is a little little story I wanted to throw in here because it is unfortunate that it was leaked, especially so close to release, but these things do happen, and unfortunately, it, it happened to one of the biggest titles this year. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, honestly, because the lore behind Zelda is so attached to the art direction that they they've mm -hmm. chosen to go, um, and and the fact that they you know that somebody got their hands on it, it's probably some influencer or some YouTuber right. that you know has cachet or had the I'm access to the early you know? access. Exactly, like these people, yeah. you know, out here who you know are kind of like you know using using the content for views for clout, unfortunately yeah. don't necessarily connect with a lot of the culture that's attached to some of these games because i think any true blue zelda fan wouldn't wouldn't release something like that on the internet oh, just no, because they no. could um it's really unfortunate uh i'm not going to look at that so i'm really glad that we're not showing that on the show today no, uh, no, because no. i i want to be as surprised as i can for what tears of the kingdom and what it's going to be like to return to hyrule as link i've seen the most recent trailers and that content that they're coming out with or rather the the display and the characterization of their their they're coming out with this game this is going to be a really serious title um yeah. and i couldn't be more excited for tears of the kingdom and seeing what that does to link's story overall what that means or what that you know the implications are going to be for what ganondorf is doing back in hyrule man mm -hmm. that man we just can't get rid of him he continues he to die, return he, he does yeah he doesn't die and uh so and, and then the whole thing that's going on with link's arm that's another huge mystery that we really don't know about that I'm really excited to learn more about. And like, is Zelda dead? Who really knows? The way that they were talking about her in this most recent showcase, like, it's fucking bonkers. Like, they're, again, they're, they're gonna go wide open on this game. So I would encourage anybody who's listening to the show who is a big fan of Zelda, stay away from a lot of that content. Make sure that you have your hashtags and everything muted on Twitter until May 26th if you want to remain completely spoiler-free. But then sickos like Will, they'll probably go in and immediately type in, you know, oh, our yeah. book. He knows you know, yeah. all about it now. He's, <laughs> he, he, he was ready to, like, yeah. spoil everything. Guaranteed. Like, like, oh, I can't wait. Guaranteed. Um, no, it's unfortunate. I, I've... I've I've mentioned this so many times on on the show, but I'm not the biggest uh, Zelda fan, right? But I appreciate the game, and I've played the games, and um, it just doesn't stick with me as like someone say like Rob, who is very like into the games and stuff like that. But again, this is still unfortunate. Um, so for me, this doesn't really do much as far as the, the leaks. I'm like, you know, it, it's it sucks, but it, it doesn't do anything for me as far as like ruin anything i'm sure if robert were to see it it'd be like a bummer because he would want to keep things as, as close and tight lit as possible yeah um as far as the, the trailers go they're doing a really good job of keeping the hype and showing little breadcrumbs little by little but not really yeah. showing you the big picture right and that's what i yeah. love about these it's, it's very cinematic it's very just like hey there's so many questions 
but there's also a lot of answers if you really dissect it. You know what I mean? And the the the, the sickos out there, like you were saying, like, well, I'm sure they've yeah. dissected it so I much. I see him in the, the chat. Like, he says slander. Right? That's not slander. That's facts. <laughs> just going, That's facts, facts, William. It's facts. <laughs> and so they 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 know a lot more than what we like. Maybe you and I know because they're like really dissecting this, and there's a lot there in these trailers. But yeah. they've done a great job of just like keeping you kind of like in the shadows not really showing you too much but also showing you enough to like really keep you like okay like all right i can wait a couple more months you know what i mean yeah um so excellent job on that on that part uh, part yeah absolutely i just one last question about zelda though before we move on my my question to you though is in terms of breath of the wild so much of that game was about exploration and about revealing the map but we already know what that version of hyrule looks like sure. are you anticipating that we're going to get a completely new completely changed world in this game that's not going to look recognizable to what we saw in breath of the wild and do you think they're going to give us fog of war this time ah <sighs> that's a good question that's a good question i think from looking at it from an outsider from just like a normal gamer i think it's gonna look like a completely different game okay um but looking at it from our lenses i feel like you'll still notice a lot of like recycled um just like recycled landscapes and stuff like that and that's not a bad thing developers do that all the time like you can't completely make a game from scratch like as big as breath of the wild and just like think that that's like a normal thing like a lot of companies a lot of developers still reuse like think of god of war like even though it's a smaller scale they use a lot of animations and and a lot of like features from the first one into the second one because it saves them time it saves them money like all that stuff so um for short answer i think it'll be a mix of both i think there's definitely going to be a lot of brand new things a lot of new um um worlds and 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 kind of like areas to environments by environments but it's still going to be kind of like behind the scenes it'll be somewhat similar to what breath of the wild was if that makes sense i really like that comparison to to ragnarok because ragnarok took us to a lot of places that we had already been to in 2018 but it felt new it felt like reinvigorated Mm -hmm. it felt reimagined in a way and i think that's a lot of what gamers that were big fans of breath of the wild are going to be looking for from tears of the kingdom so yeah i'm I'm right there on board with you uh share some of the same assets that you already did it would be nice to be able to go in the same direction i did last time to get to kakariko village and just (laughs) continue on with that type of gameplay because that's just that's the most exciting aspect to it um so yeah, that's I'm looking forward to where that's going. But yeah, stay away from spoilers, people. Stay away from spoilers. Also, I love that they've added new mechanics. Like the from what I saw in the trailer, like that new was it like a hoverboard or like a, this that like machine contraption thing that kind of like hovers in the air. I don't know what it was exactly. I don't quite remember at this time. Yeah, but that's cool. Like that, like little things like that. I'm sure people are going to really be stoked for. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the 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 vehicles look really cool. And I I would be really curious to see like I I'm really hopeful that the thing that Link can fly around on is fun to like navigate because I yeah. would love to be able to fly in the world of like Hyrule. Just like fly over where I need to and just like be able to hop back on and off a vehicle like that and be able to navigate that way because that would that would save me a lot of time that would put me put me in a different mindset of okay i'm link again i am the hero i have all my powers and abilities that i did last time you don't have to grind for that type of skill progression other than like a new yeah i don't they don't really give you can do anything you really want to from the jump in those games you don't really have like a tree but have access to a lot of the similar resources rather for sure for sure 
Yeah. Um, let's move over to news number five here. This is uh, Nick. Actually, you chose this one, which is pretty cool. Uh, Ukraine's government wants toxic atomic heart pulled from sales over Russia links. Now, have you played um, this game? Have you played this? Have you tried this game out at all? I have not. But as I'm probably going to get into in the article a little bit later here, I think I might try and get a hold of a copy somehow mm. um, before, you know, before something happens to it. Um yeah, do you want me to go ahead and read this one, or did you? Uh, go for did you it. Want to, okay, no, go for it. Yeah. All right. So yeah, you did a great job of pulling some excerpts here, but yeah, this is coming <laughs> over from VGC, and I believe this is coming from Tom Ivan, um, who does some great work over there. Yeah. So the Ukrainian government has said that it will ask Sony, Microsoft, and Valve to pull Atomic Heart uh, from sale on their digital games in the country. Uh, my understanding is that you know where we are right now is that the game features Soviet and Russian military themes. So you are playing in this uh, reimagined or restylized world that kind of depicts a lot of Soviet Russia elements. Um, and this was just released for you know PC, PlayStation, and Xbox on consoles this past Tuesday, right. um, which yesterday really, which is crazy to think about. And mm -hmm. then uh, which is just days before the actual anniversary of uh, Russia's invasion of the Ukraine and their terrible war that they're having with Ukraine right now. And so apparently the studio Munfish is the subject of a lot of controversy over its ties to Russia. Um, and there are a lot of claims and a lot of allegations coming from the Ukrainian government that Russia private equity firms um, are going to financially benefit from the sale and the release of this game because they're sitting as majority investors on the board over at Munfish. Um, and apparently, like the there's a quote here that we pulled, according to media reports, the game's development was funded by Russian Enterprises. I read that article. Um, and then uh, they're asking users basically to avoid, basically boycott the game. Uh, we also want to emphasize that the game developers have now publicly condemned the Putin regime uh, and the bloody war with uh, Russia has unleashed against Ukraine, which is optically pretty bad. I don't right. know whether or not Munfish is situated or sitting in Russia right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if they are in Russia, then of course they're not going to come out and say that the war against the Ukraine is bad if they want to continue to do their artwork and sell their product. Like Russia, don't right. get it twisted here. This I'm not trying to make the game do a pod too political, but Russia is basically a, a, like a dictatorship. It's like a it's a mm -hmm. it's a whole ass fascist state at this point with the way that mm -hmm. Putin has handled everything over there. Um, and so what you're faced with now. And this is this is really interesting because we've seen other requests from you know the gaming community to boycott certain games. Most recently, Hogwarts Legacy. A lot of people wanted to boycott right. that, um, and I think that for this matter, though, this is really tough for me because mm -hmm. I'm sitting in this gray area where it's like the art. From a legal perspective, I would not like to see the precedent set that a foreign government country, like a foreign, mm -hmm. just basically a foreign sovereignty or an entity or the legal entity within that sovereignty is asking for a game not to be pulled because of the political implications that are in that game. And then I, that's, that's one argument. And then the second argument right. is the financial ties, right? Do, right. does government, does the Russian government slash the Russian military stand a profit from the sale of atomic heart and continue this really, really bloody terrible war with Ukraine, um, which I think everybody objectively wants to stop. Like we don't right, want this 100%. war anymore. So I'm, I'm torn on it. I don't want to support. I don't want to support Russia um, on, in this, in this case in any way. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I think that it's an important philosophical and business argument to sit here and say, you know, 
just because another country says that they can that that they don't like the content and the financial distribution and the financial results of the distribution of this game um, doesn't mean that they should be able to stop the sale of it. I think a Correct. large part of this is the Ukraine is kind of riding a wave of global support that people have put into that country. Mm-hmm. And so they're starting to ask things like this, which I find really interesting. Like maybe we should just focus on the war and taking care of your citizens and everything like that and not worrying too much about video games and right. keeping our eye on the ball in that sense. But at the same time, like... Um, I, I see where they're coming from and I see like what's happening here. We want to limit the the access that Russia has to creating more munitions, everything in that regard. So I just it's a it's a messy thing, Kelvin. I don't know how, where you stand or how you feel about that, um, but I would not like to see artwork pulled from storefronts. That's where I'm at with it. I'm on the same boat, man. I think in the same vein that uh, Hogwarts Legacy it was getting bashed because of the issues from JK Rowling and um, kind of like bleeding into the developers. Right. Again, I think the developers should have that the developers should be separate from the, the the company. Right. Or if that makes sense Um, in this case, right. For this case here, I think the developers that are working on this game, atomic uh, atomic heart, should be separate from the country, right? Like they are not, a multicultural team. And they too. are multicultural, like a, exactly. Yeah. You think of so many people that are working at, on this game, and they put their heart and soul, literally heart and soul on in this game. And it's like, you can't, like, you you, got, you have to think of who is working in this and, and, and how much time and effort they put into this, right? Yeah. And so it, it, it's, it's tough, man. Like a lot of people, like, I can see it both ways, but at the same time, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I think that there shouldn't be any ties to what the country has to be doing as far as like what the title and what the um, the company is doing for this game. Um, so it sucks that they're even in the situation, but at the same time, it's kind of weird that they've released this game so close and, and kind of like so similar to like what this kind of day represents, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It, it's super messy from a PR perspective and from right. a culture perspective. I think if they were, I think if there was a marketing team that cared about that sort of thing, that right. didn't have somebody that was overseeing that really either doesn't care or doesn't mm-hmm. know um, right. about the, I don't know how you wouldn't know about the anniversary of the war if you're like right there in the middle of everything. I don't know where Munfish is located. But again, um, I think that it's it, it would have been important for them to say hey let's let's take it have you know, a conversation about that go let's look at march into, let's look yeah. at march at the very least right um yeah and, and or at the very least come out and say hey we're a team that stands against the russian war but like Something. again exactly. can they do that do they have the capacity to do that if they're funded by russian private equity so it's yeah. tough. We're man. starting it's, to it's, see we're starting to see the results of end end stage capitalism. And I'm I'm not gonna get on that a rant about that on the show <laughs> here, but we're starting to see how a lot of the problematic aspects that are attached to these games and these pieces of art that we love, mm-hmm. but then you have to look at the business side and right. Yeah, political side that's attached to that. Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, there are political sides that come into it, you know, and I, I think it's important to address those political sides, right? You can't just kind of like forget about it or completely ignore yeah, those. Yeah, you don't want to bury because, your head in the sand at all. No, no, absolutely. You have to look at it from every perspective and every angle and see, okay, what makes sense. And again, people that did not, again, I'm going back to um, Hogwarts, but people that didn't support that game, that's totally fine. I get it. I understand. I, I you know, that's your opinion. That's, I respect your opinion. Um, but people like me, Rob, we, we, we bought it. We have a blast with it, yeah. but we understand that the developers and the people that are working at the game and the studio, 
they they their um their thoughts and their um their ties to J.K. Rowling are completely different. Yeah. So, um, just going back to that because we just had a conversation about that last week. So, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting 100%. stuff here. So, um, I'm gonna food end for that. Thought. Yeah, food for thought for sure. I'm gonna end that with some rapid fire news, which is just some quick news that we didn't really get to talk about, but just like little things that we weren't really gonna have a huge discussion over. Um, Atomic Heart actually we just talked about. Uh, review scores are in and it's okay not great it's like a mm-hmm. mediocre game uh ign yeah. gave it an 8 out of 10 uh press start australia gave it a 6.5 out of 10 GameSpot gave it a 6 out of 10 and games radar a 5 out of 10 with the overall general consensus consensus being a buggy mess poor dialogue unlikable protagonist um and there was a lot more i just did not want to keep <laughs> keep shitting yeah. on this game so <laughs> yeah no i've heard that i've heard that too i've heard uh people talk about how upset they are that the internet reaction to the dialogue that's in this game isn't mm. the same or at least on the same level of the folks reaction to the dialogue in Forspoken. and i right personally i do think it's telling like i do think that it's interesting that people aren't saying shit about this game that when they true. wanted to do nothing but complain about Forspoken and their issues with the writing like okay where are you sitting at in the writing room right, right. now where, where are you now? like yeah where let, let me now? see your credits on the most recent project you're attached to like why don't you give some of the people over at square enix a break right and let them exactly. try and produce a product that they could build upon in a new world. It was interesting. I saw Gary Widow was apparently attached to the early uh, world-building parts of the Forspoken yeah. project. But yeah, it's interesting to see this here. I really trust the reviewers over at GameSpot. So seeing a 6 out of 10 is kind of like a woof for me. Um, yeah. It's not a game. I mean, again, it's it's on Game Pass if you want to check it out. Yeah. More than willing to, right? I mean, yeah, it's free. free. You can play it and try it yeah. out. But 6 out of six. 0.5 out of 10 6 out of 10 um it just kind of for me is just like a pass um yeah i again the game looks, it looks phenomenal beautiful. It looks gorgeous yeah. gorgeous game yeah. gorgeous game but um me having an unlikable protagonist doesn't really make me want to play that game to be honest yeah um definitely not some more news here star fox celebrates the series 30th anniversary congrats to star fox i want a uh star fox uh what is it star fox adventures 2 please let's bring go out star fox, adventures, star 2, fox adventures will rule supreme oh i'm god, right there dude. with you kelvin man let's get oh it oh my god that would that would um, make me go crazy yeah dude and then psvr2 like i said before released today so congrats to sony um and that's it for the news for this week we had a lengthy news topic thank you again for bringing that topic to us um that was that was great information um now nick we're gonna move on to in-game chat in-game chat is just our typical discussions of just anything that you would typically talk about when you're chatting with friends online playing a couple games um this is just our shoot the shit like just like shitting you know just like talking about games and just like having a great time so uh nick i want to ask you simple question here we're going to talk about remakes and remasters are we getting too many of them are we getting too many remakes are we getting too many remasters what do you think about that yeah this is a really good topic of conversation kelv because uh i think it's an interesting conversation and i think it's one that's you know something that's worthy to be had uh in the, sure. in the games media space because on one hand i think that i don't like it when companies and publishers lean into remasters specifically as a way to buff out their catalog for the year i i I think in one hand it's something as as a as a gamer and as a fan uh i i don't 
I want all of the remakes and the remaster to be made with intention. And I think a lot of the financing that's done on the back end for a lot of publishers is with the idea that, oh, this will just be the filler game that we'll, we'll just throw out there that we'll, we'll say at the end for our Q4 perspective results, like this is what we did over the course of this past, you know, fiscal year. And so I think that, you know, you, you look at a lot of the games that have come out, especially in recent history, 2021, 2022, Companies are leading in and they, they are, again, seeing that we're going to make money. We're going to make a significant amount of money by selling a, a remake, a remaster. And I would like to lean more heavily into the idea of remaking games because I think on one hand, you know, you don't want to play the same thing that you that you've played, uh, you know, all the time that you've played for five times. Like I have played Dead Space maybe three or four times. This might be the fourth playthrough that mm-hmm. I've done in this game. Uh, but that I'm now playing on the PS5 and it's the best that it's ever been. Uh, But on the other hand, you do see how they also help fund and reinvigorate this practice of game preservation. We've lost so many good games over the years, especially when you look at everything that was happening with Nintendo early on in like the the, the 90s and like early 2000s. A lot of those games, the netcode is gone. Like they don't have the original title for what we're seeing there. So we're seeing like issues happen with like, you know, people can't get their hands on some of the older Kingdom Hearts games and issues like that. Some pretty significant stuff here. And so I think that it is important to make sure that you make fans happy. And this is a really easy way to do it Um, through remaking and remastering a game, being faithful and putting a lot of time and intention into those remakes and remasters. To answer your question directly, I I don't think that we have gotten too many. I I think that it is definitely affecting the market and it's affecting where, you know, industry leaders are looking at in terms of where they're going to invest or how they're going to strategically come up with games and coming, coming up with a content catalog for the future Mm -hmm. and coming years. Um, But I think that a lot of the stuff, like I'm looking at your list here, the last of us part one, uh, live alive, live alive, however you say it, the Chrono Cross remake, the crisis core final fantasy seven reunion, which Let's be clear here. That was a remaster, right? Remaster. They're not cha- they're not no. changing anything to improve the actual experience of that game. Right. Um, right. The Uncharted Legacy of Thieves, you know, Marvel Spider Man, Near Replicant. We're seeing a lot of these new titles, and some of those obviously are a mixed bag of what we've seen. I think Spider Man twenty eighteen runs well on almost anything it's on at this point because mm-hmm. Insomniac just is that good. Uh, but I I think that you know I want to see these remakes and remasters be heralded and treated like tentpole game titles that all of Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo are going to use and 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 kind of promote for the upcoming years. And I don't want it to just be a casual thing that's thrown out. Like if you're going to make the game, be serious about it and then make sure that you have a new I like a new stream of IP that you're working on that you, you know, you can invest in that you, you know, third party partners that you can really lean on to, you know, invigorate your player base. That's kind of where Dude. I'm coming from. Yeah, dude, I, I, you're a hundred percent right. Again, you've been hitting everything word for word, like exactly what I want to say perfectly. Um, I think you're right. I think there's a lot that remakes and remasters do for the gaming industry as a whole. I mean, again, it if if used properly, right? If used with uh, an intent and a purpose, um, I think it does wonders for the gaming scape for gamers in general. I mean, I think if you bring in a game like say Dead Space, right? That game came out if you well. 20 2007 right we talked about that and so that's that's a long time from now you know what i mean so there's a whole new generation of gamers now that probably haven't even tried that game and so bringing that game back into the to the eyes of the gamers that just again 
revenue comes in, right? Gamers like really see that install base higher because you're seeing that game for the first time or you're playing that game for the first time, you know? Dude, can you imagine, Kelvin, being a 12, 13-year-old kid who loves horror and their first chance to play Dead Space, the first time they've ever touched it is what's on the PS5? Can you imagine how scared those kids these, are right now? These, these kids are so <laughs> spoiled. Let me tell they you. They are spoiled. They didn't have to like work through it. They didn't no. have to work for it up to this point. They didn't have to They're put years so and time into the everything Sega. <laughs> in glory and like beautiful glory. Yeah. Like everything about these remakes right now. So and they far don't appreciate are, it. They don't appreciate they don't, it at no. all. They're like, ah, it's fine. It's, it's a great game. I'm like, do you realize this is a remake? This game came out like like when you weren't even born yeah. <laughs> and like look at it now look at this compared to this like yeah. it looks gorgeous before but like this is like impressive you know seriously impressive and so, and so that's what i like about that like you think of games like um i'm looking at the list here like silent hill so games that are coming out next year right or, or i'm sorry this year i should say uh like silent hill 2 right that's going to be something that's hopefully brings a lot more players to, to that since we're in the uh, horror topic. Um, yeah. Silent Hill 2, I've never played before. I don't know. Have you? Have you played that before? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I have some okay. good friends that have actually played Silent Hill 2. And from what I've heard, Silent Hill 2 is like the game. Like Silent Hill right. 1 was like kind of iffy, but Silent Hill 2 right. is like the experience, much like Resident Evil 2 is yeah. that like that hallmark, that bookmarked game in their uh, right. in their catalog of, of, of IP. Um so yeah, I haven't played it, but I, I have seen it played and I've watched gameplay footage of it. And I don't want, I I think I maybe did get spoiled about like what happens in that story once, but I've, okay. I've forgotten it. But so point, would you so. play this one? Like, I think oh, this yeah. is what, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is this is what, this is the purpose of these, of these remakes, right? Yeah. People like me or you, where we haven't played the first original titles, yeah. bringing them back over 10 plus years later, and then kind of like adding more more umph to it more like mm -hmm. the graphical design maybe change like some of the uh the art style or, or change things within the game itself hence why it's a remake that really invigorates people to try it out and give it a shot as opposed yes. to having not tried it before you know um so that's the whole point of it splinter cells i forgot that this was coming out i yeah. forgot all about it man i'm fucking stoked so bring that back and i'm ready for that i'm ready dude, for that. dude our good friend chris from one hour one decision decision he's in the chat right now but he is a huge uh sam fisher splinter cell fan oh so God, he is dude. he is incredibly hyped for this year i i wish it wasn't coming out this year because that's just like one more game uh in that that could potentially come out around that starfield space we don't yeah. we don't even know if it is this year it could be a 2024 type of sure. endeavor who really knows i'm sure the true blue fans they've been waiting for the Splinter Cell to really, mm -hmm. you know, for Ubisoft to really kind of like say, hey, this is also another one of our IP that we're going to choose to invest in as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's that's really awesome. And it's just like, I think also something that is an important discussion point when we talk about remakes and remasters is culturally and from from a fiscal standpoint, it is really, mm -hmm. really important to me as a narrative first gamer Um that that these companies continue to invest in third person action single player cinematic experiences the things right. that sony is known for um right. so if we were to get something like a crazy situation where they were to make silent hill 2 both for the ps5 exclusive as well as going to be playable on the psvr2 like right. that would be absolute you know insanity if they were able to pull something off like that that's again that's a that's 
shooting for the stars here. That's not a realistic right. hope. But if if we were, it, it, I do see that. And then you see EA on the other side. It's supporting mm-hmm. stuff like what Motive did with Dead Space. And it's continuing to invest in Respawn and believing in those teams. And the fact that Respawn has gone down this this rabbit hole of the the Jedi, you know, the Jedi Survivor, Jedi Fallen Order games, the series that they, I pray that they continue to come out with. And I'm incredibly excited for Jedi Survivor. So it's like, and that's not a remake, that's, uh, but it's just, the, it's showing that these yes. companies believe that remaking these games, A, it's good for preservation, and then B, like, it's good because I'm seeing a lot of stuff that, you know, people are, are true fans of. And then we we look at stuff like the uh, Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 re- reboot camp. Yeah. Yeah. That that's coming out for Nintendo later this year. That I am just I am just super hyped for still on this front and and trying to trying to jump in there and, and get my hands on that and see how that actually performs as a remake and seeing how they're going to invest um, their time and energy into that. So I I yeah go ahead. I was just going to say I think you, you you hit the nail there as well, but I think that it, it also kind of helps games potentially get a sequel right i mean yeah. i think of yeah. prince of persia right they they had like a prince of persia stand of time which i don't even know if that's going to come out anymore because they've had such a difficult time um you know kind of like working on that game but say prince of persia comes out stands of time and then it, it does phenomenal right that tells them that tells ubisoft like okay people are really interested in this and so let's let's give them what they want let's make a sequel you know and so it, it, it depends on what they're using this for. It depends on what the remakes are for, right? Um, sometimes it could it could be positive. Sometimes it could be negative. If you think about GTA, uh, what is it? The the DG, GTA collection that totally tanked. <laughs> like that was not something that should have been made. One, but it, it didn't end up doing well for them, you know. And so it kind of it kind of messed up. The, it kind of hinders, you know, like that situation there. But for the most part, I think they're positive things there are positive things that the industry does to kind of invigorate uh install base but also potentially sequel potentially increase ve- revenue so that they can maybe work on a better title in the future like another triple a title like there's so many yeah. positives to it so it's not all doom and gloom it's just one, something that i wanted to discuss because i've noticed a lot on the internet that's like oh well we're getting so many remakes and is this like like you're, you're, you're mentioning all these remakes like last of us part one and uh dead space remake but like they're not they're titles that i've already played and i'm like yes that's fair but like look at what they're doing to really enhance these titles like again we talk about dead space so much right because it is such a fantastic game and what they've done to that game compared to the original is it it, it really enhances that game and enhances the experience that you're 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 playing yeah, it does. And I think that it's so important in, in terms of being able to lean on that and be able to go to go down those those paths of reinvigorating these old IPs. I think that yeah, I know. Remake Legend of Dragoon. Yeah. Will is also on that on that same front, uh, Jono. But uh, it's it's really interesting to see how they're going about this. And I'm thinking we're seeing a diverse amount of ip coming out from various studios when we talk about remaking games and i think that it is important i think that the gaming industry as a whole when i think about like putting my finger on the pulse and seeing where they're at you know remakes do dominate the industry and i think that they're just going to be continuing to to be a commonplace thing i i would also like to draw the comparison to remakes as you see 
in like film and TV where it's like Disney right. has really taken over with, you know, the MCU and as well as, you know, DC studios, you know, they're trying new stuff now under the leadership of James Gunn. But right. I think that like you're seeing the fact that people love to stick to what's tried and true. And they, mm-hmm. and, and these investors, they like to see products that have a performance history. And yes. the fact that, you know, you look at stuff like Yakuza, who has an mm-hmm. incredible performance history and, and a, a fan base and an ardent fan base at that, um, and see Like a Dragon Ishii. And I haven't heard people talk about, you know, these RGG games the same way, like that I'm hearing people talk about Ishii and I'm I'm sold on it. I'm probably going to grab myself a copy and then wait for six six months to actually boot it up and see what it's like on the inside. But I, I think... It's it's really interesting to see that, and I want I want these development studios and these companies to start getting weird with it, because yeah, EA yeah. is like one of those publishers where they can afford to have a little bit of wiggle room based on all of the different properties they have. They have their FIFA money making machines and yes, their and uh, you know their 2K generators. Obviously, like they have these tentpole titles that are you know, funding them. And obviously that money is being moved around and trying weird things like that. But yeah, I, I say I, my whole opinion on it is like, don't be afraid to go really far back and mm-hmm. grab IP and grab stuff that has been left on like the NES or stuff that, you know, we haven't seen from the N64. Um, yes. Obviously I'm talking about Nintendo games, but we're thinking about PS1 titles. Like I have heard so many people talking about a Metal Gear remake. Who knows what Konami would be thinking about something like that for. Um, that That's another thing that could potentially be crazy if they were to show that at the uh <laughs> at the state of play but yeah it's, it's you don't want you don't want to see my reaction direction. to that i yeah. will lose my shit are you gonna are you gonna get shit. up in your chair and throw your headset across the room oh 1000 percent. i don't know yeah. what i'll do i'll probably have a heart attack in the middle of the show but i will fucking lose my shit metal gear solid is my like that is my go-to compared to compare that with persona uh yeah. kingdom hearts like those three trifecta are that's it that's oh, my for sure that's my stuff there for sure yeah, man. I uh, great conversation. I think this is definitely a conversation to have had because it's never gonna, it's not gonna go away anytime soon. I think this is part of the business um, model now. I feel like you know yeah. for for a lot of companies, um, and it's not a bad thing. I think it's it's great for for a lot of us. It's great for gamers. It's great for newcomers. Um, it just helps kind of like really invigorate that old school gameplay that we used to have, and then just kind of like make it appeal to the mass audience. Right. Um, so great conversation here. Um, Nick, this ends the, the the conversation, the episode. This ends the episode for today. Thank you so much, man, for kind of uh, taking in uh, Rob's uh, Rob's co-host uh, seat there and, and, and like really just uh, just hanging out with me and having a great time. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Dude, thank you for having me, man. I couldn't be happier to jump on here and uh, co-host the game, do a podcast with you. So um, I'm really excited. So I'd be more than happy to come back anytime. Awesome. I appreciate it. Um, anything, any plugins you want to do right now? Now's the time. Yeah. If everybody wants to come check me out and check us out over at the Friday night game cast, it's literally just that on all podcasting platforms. You can find us there. Um, we're over on Spotify, iTunes, good pods. If you want to leave us an in-depth review, we would always appreciate the support over there. Um, but yeah, if you want to interact with us or reach out to me and tell me that I'm wrong about any of the bullshit that I was talking about here on the show today, <laughs> we are Friday Night Gamers on Twitter, and that's N-I-T-E-G-A-M-R-Z. Um, so go ahead and give us a shout out. I'm Nick. I run the socials over there, so I'll see you when you put that out. Will's over there manning our Instagram, um, and we're just Friday Night Gamecast over there too. Awesome, awesome. And we definitely have to get you guys both on the um 
gaming duo podcast at some point oh, yeah. hopefully this year so uh stay tuned for that guys uh again, got any you other trivia games coming out man we're gonna be there we're Ooh. gonna be right there because i got some knowledge stuck in here okay, okay. Let it episode out. that'll be episode 200 though yeah, so okay we'll wait okay for yeah <laughs> <laughs> looking forward uh, to thank it. you guys for for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next time see All you right. see ya